Welcome to UX Ignite. Fireside chat with industry leaders. Uncover user experience knowledge with your host, Kuldeep Kelkar, your partner for all things user research. Today we have a special guest, Alfonso de la Nuez. Welcome, Alfonso. Thank you, Kuldeep. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for, for being a guest. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am an entrepreneur. Um, I uh, obviously the, the biggest project that uh, that I've created is is User Zoom, uh, which is a company that um, kind of revolutionized uh, user experience research. Uh, kind of built a platform that would help it um, that would help researchers scale research, uh, you know, using using the cloud. And so I always said we kind of cloudified the lab uh, where we used to to be in my previous startup uh, experience consulting. So entrepreneur, uh, been in the business of user experience uh, for well over 20 years now. Um, always uh, worked in technology since I uh, left school in 1996. I went to, I went to school uh, at San Jose State University uh, here in Silicon Valley, even though I'm originally from Madrid, Spain, and I grew up uh, over there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, just uh, a big fan. Uh, of everything design and research and beautifully made products uh, that are also, um, you know, really functional and, and really easy to use. Uh, I think uh, that, that's been sort of my passion uh, in, in my professional career uh, yeah. ever since I, since I left school. Um, and I live, I live in Silicon Valley. I have uh, now dual citizenship. Uh, and so I'm, I want to say a third Californian, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, just uh, yeah. just very proud and very proud and and and, and you know privileged to have had a a, a journey like like user Zoom, much of that journey with you. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, um, as I said, I've known you for fifteen years, first as a customer and then as a employee of user Zoom. Uh, what a fun ride! Uh, but tell tell us uh, tell our listeners uh, a little bit background story how how you got started with user Zoom. How were the early years? I guess the 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 general audience of researchers designers now know user Zoom user testing in the last five ish years. But I'm sure there are stories in the in the early days. How how was it? Sure. How did you get into it? Yeah, a lot of people ask me about why we created UserZoom in the first place. Uh, and again, we're talking 2007, um, where a time when when user experience wasn't as important, as strategic as it is now. Um, and also a time when uh, technology, uh, including internet and bandwidth, uh, you know, maturity of the market, etc., you know, just wasn't ready for a, you know, automation uh, of this research. Uh, it was very much ahead of its time, right? And so a lot of people ask me, why did you start that? How, how and what made you think about it? What made us think about it? Because it was three of us. Um, and so what I would say is, I actually w w will explain that by telling you, uh, as an entrepreneur, one of the first things that you have to do um, really well is is what I call falling in love with the problem. Meaning uh, a lot of entrepreneurs 
uh, want to launch a business, want to create a company, want to be an entrepreneur, be entrepreneurs and succeed. But uh, one of the main reasons why they don't succeed or why they run into issues is because there's not really a problem to, to solve. So in the case of UserZoom, um, the three of us, the three co-founders, uh, we had lived in the lab for about seven years before, maybe maybe a little less, but it doesn't matter. It was a long enough uh, period um, to understand usability testing, user testing, UX research, mostly in a lab, in a physical lab. Um, so we understood the market really well with that startup. It was called Experience Consulting. Um, and we understood the problem. The problem was, hey, everyone loves to get feedback and, and to understand user behavior and all the amazing stuff that you get when you do user research or when you run a UX, uh, a UX research study or, or a usability test. But the problem is it's slow, it's costly, it's limited to specific geographic locations, uh, it's not in the natural context of the end user. Um, you know, um, limited to limited to uh, yeah, certain geographic. I just mentioned that. Yes, there's certain there's there's a lot of great stuff in usability testing in the lab, yeah. but a lot of limitations, especially as you move over to you know an agile world where designing and developing. You know, so um, long story short, we understand this problem. We we understand it by by talking to customers. We 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 see that they want to engage with us, but you know maybe they would do more research if they had a way to automate it. And at the same time, we have the concept of SaaS or what Salesforce did back in the day in those years. Uh, you know, on-demand software, like you know, instead of uh, you know having to download something and have it in your computer, you know, everything can be in the lab. Uh, sorry, everything can be in the cloud. And in this case, the lab could be in the cloud, so to speak. Right. So. Um, when, when people ask me why we began UserZoom, uh, we really wanted to automate what we were doing because we were in the lab all day and it was just very tiring and there was not enough efficiency. So as consultants, as researchers ourselves, we wanted to automate this. And so UserZoom you know, is born out of this need uh, to scale, to automate uh, the, the concept or, or the, the, the tedious um, uh, task of, of running user research. Um, fast forward, uh, you know, the iPhone came out and uh, user experience to me kind of was put in the map right there, right? Is is design and user experience is important. Bye-bye uh, BlackBerry, bye-bye Nokia, here is the iPhone, <laughs> right? And then also Facebook and all the social media where the end user starts to get a lot of power, a lot of, um, um, you know, um, a power and an ability to say, I love this brand or I hate this brand, right? And so then brands really start thinking about the customer experience and the user experience. And so design starts to become much more important. And by the time that this happened, sometime in the third, 2013, 14, 15, um, user Zoom is already a, a pretty good product. Um, you know, being used by, by some of the world's largest brands, including PayPal, where you worked. Um, and we can speak about that in a minute. Um, and so then, you know, by the time this market starts to take off, this business and this product is is, is well put together, well established. 
And then we just like, from that point, we started just building stuff and adding services and, and, and really, you know, uh, building a, 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 what we never thought would be a, a, a really big business, but it became obviously a, a pretty large, a pretty large company. So yeah, yeah, kind of a, that's the background story. I mean, again, congratulations on that journey and the Thank fabulous you. exit that user Zoom had. And uh, I'm proud to be part of that journey and, and certainly uh, enjoyed my ride along the way. So cool. Um, uh, Alfonso, you're also an author. You published a book a couple of years ago, I, I believe. And um, why did you write a book? So I think... One of the things that I noticed over the years, and this is all the way from the very beginning, and again, as an entrepreneur, business person, not necessarily a uh, a sociologist or a, you know cognitive psychologist myself, mm-hmm. I, I'm more of a business person, right? Um, um, I always my my favorite topic was the business of uh, the business of UX, or rather, mm-hmm. the business value. Of great design, great UX. Um, I always, I was always fascinated um, and, and convinced that great design and great UX actually is great business or helps businesses do better. Um, you know, it's hard to prove this. It's very hard to have um, you know actual evidence. But I think that most people today would say, you know. Uh, that, of, that is pretty obvious uh, that if you have great design, great UX, uh, you know, you're going to sell more, you're going to renew more, you're going to have better customer loyalty, better reviews, on and on and on. And that's the language of the, of the, the people that's, that, that are in the business and, you know, maybe in the boards of the companies, right? Rather than the people that are running the research, right? Yeah. So I always found this disconnect between business people and actual researchers or actual practitioners. Um and I, I, I felt it was a shame. Um, I felt the need, the, the, the need for a, for a voice that spoke and highlighted this concept. And and, and actually, the, the first voice, um, you know, certainly wasn't myself. Um, you know, we, we've had plenty of gurus out there um, talking about it. But the one the one study uh, that that really helped us uh, quite a bit, I think, and, and obviously I used it as a reference over and over was the business value of design uh, by, um, by McKinsey and company, right? They yeah. started with, uh, with a very cool paper. I think it was back in 2018 uh, that suggested basically, I mean, obviously McKinsey reports are, are, are pretty uh, detailed and, 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 you know, large in, in volume and size and, and, and content. But, um, but to me, the, the biggest, um, you know, summary of it all was that they created a design index. The design index is basically, you know, um, a combination of how much the, these companies are investing in design professionals, research and testing, mm-hmm. using a methodology and process when they're building digital experiences, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, right? Research happened to be a huge part of that, by the way. You know, yeah. you can you can see the, the paper. And what they what they said is we've been doing this this study we've been monitoring these companies for years, and what we notice is that these companies that have a higher design index or higher rate, I guess, in their in the design index, actually 
uh, have twice the growth and uh, business performance, right? Business results and performance, not um, you know user feedback or or, or uh, NPS. We're talking actual uh, growth of the business twice as their competitors. Yeah. And we're not talking small companies. We're not talking, we're talking larger companies. I think that if I remember correctly, most of these are actually public companies. Yeah. What they were, what they were analyzing. That paper was the first part. And then they, they, they continued on and, and they started talking about, you know, agile and, and a lot of other things. Uh, but they were investing in design and they were, I think, you know, clearly sending a message that design matters. Um, so my book, um, every company, no, my book is the, the, the digital experience company. The concept was yeah. just book. There it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Thank you. Concept was by 2020, I think it was published in 21, right after the pandemic. Um, every company is a digital experience company. And I call it the digital experience company winning in the digital economy with experience insights. <laughs> and my point is, even if you're a bank, uh, even if you're a brick and mortar, especially uh, because of the pandemic, uh, your users and your customers are going to interact with you with some sort of digital device, a digital interface, whether it's the phone or the computer or the iPad or the car or uh, you know some sort of monitor. It's going to be a digital interaction. So yep. whether you like it or not, and whether you um, uh, 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 you know, ready or not, uh, you're a digital experience company. And uh, you need to deliver not just a digital experience, not just a digital uh, product, but a digital experience. And the difference between that, between being digital and being a digital experience is the front end, is the design, is whatever the end user or the customer is actually interacting with. Not whatever is in the back end, right? They don't care less about that. They're going to take care. Users are going to take for granted security, and they're going to take for granted, you know, how things work. They care about what they see and what they experience, and that design and that convenience, and you know, anticipating needs and 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 you know, knowing exactly when to get a message that is clear or how to search for something. All of it has to do with user experience. And so, what I did is I I, I said. Everyone is a, every company is a digital experience company. And uh, I'm backing it up with uh, studies. Obviously, McKinsey is just one of them, but there's many others that suggest that those that are actually, um, you know, uh, investing in design and delivering great experience are actually, um, you know, uh, uh, getting much higher return on investment and better business performance. So that was one of my favorite topics. <clears throat> In, the, in, in our career uh, in, in the UX field, um, and, and the book is, you know, it's basically me going out there and trying to document all this. Yeah, fabulous. Uh, certainly have seen draft versions of them, and the, the book has certainly evolved, and it's a good read. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely encourage uh, the listeners to look for the book. Uh, we'll add a link to the uh, um, any place that sells these books, there's an audio version, I believe. It's on uh, Amazon. You have to find it on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah, Amazon. Uh, in fact, uh, I literally just learned uh, that uh, we're running out because it did sell uh, pretty wow. well. So it's yeah. running out. 
and we need to buy a, a new a new um a new um i guess bunch of them uh to to replace or to or to um to add to their inventory uh, there is an audiobook that i actually also invested my my time and effort to read myself because i yeah. my first book so i wanted to do it but i want to say openly that uh you participated and you helped me with many areas of the book so i want to acknowledge uh, your participation there as well of course oh thank you thank Alfonso. you thank you you're, you're kind cool so uh, switching gears a little bit um, we know how massively the ux uh, community has grown so 20 25 years ago when all of us got started there were probably designers and researchers in the thousands very likely uh, Jacob Nelson certainly has published some of the, the data, historical data. Then by 2000s, after the dot-com boom, it had grown. In the 2010s, it continued to grow. Now, clearly, there are millions and millions of designers, researchers, even product managers that are inclined toward design and research. So the community has absolutely massively grown, exponentially grown in the last 25 years. So both you and I have seen design organizations, large and small. We have seen UXers, lower maturity, higher maturity, and everything in between. But if you had to summarize, what are UXers, what designers and researchers good at? And then what can they, what do they need to do more of? And this is a generic answer, right? It will sure. absolutely no. depend on individuals and companies. But generally, what are UXers good at? So the way I would answer that question uh, is, is by saying something uh, that I actually mentioned in the book quite a bit. It's also part of the challenge that we've had uh, and, and is still probably happening in the market, which is the acknowledgement and the, 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 the understanding and the agreement of how hard it is to develop, ship, and maintain a great digital experience. Mm. It is a very hard thing to do, especially if you're going to be ambitious and you have a large corporation, you know, or a large company, or even a midsize with a midsize project, you know, uh, let's say for an e-commerce site or, um, or a banking site or financial fintech, you know, uh, healthcare, I mean, you know, you name it. You have to collaborate. It's a very collaborative process. You have to get so many people involved. Um, you have a lot of great, brilliant minds, uh, all of them with their own egos, uh, you know, suggesting that uh, this is how you want to do this. Um, and again, this could be product managers, this could be designers, this could be researchers, this could be uh, business people, this could be founders. Uh, like myself saying, hey, we know, we know it all, right? My way or highway. Um, all this politics and this ego and this, I, I find them all sort of like the enemies of great design and great UX. Why? Because, and, and this is my answer to the, what is yeah. it that UXers yeah. do? Well. Yeah. You need to act on data. You need to act on uh, feedback. You need to act on intelligence. Uh, and the intelligence from from what from what I consider is the absolute center of, and priority number one the end user. Yeah. Everything we do 
from ideas, from business planning, from uh, um, you know marketing campaigns, from uh, uh, feature releases, from one way of designing it versus the other, brand brand positioning, messaging. Everything should be based on this one super mega powerful person that right now can go like this, click and say, see ya. I'm just about to su uh, unsubscribe to you and you're mm -hmm. never going to see me again. And I'm going to go online and I'm going to say all kinds of bad things about you because of how you treated me. So screw you. I'm going with another brand. I mean, and that's happening all in a very silent way, in a very cruel way if you don't provide a great digital experience or a great experience overall, right? And so why and what do UXers do and why is it important? Because in my career, what I've found is that those that understand this and those that um, you know uh, can, can provide that intelligence, can provide those insights, can, 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 can make decisions it's about decision making. It's about proper decision making. It's about the right decisions. Those that can provide that are, in my mind, uh, absolute heroes, right? People that 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 can help you, you know, like if you look at it from a business perspective, like I actually today, I work with several startups. They're making decisions like this. All right, I'm going to go this way. Why? <laughs> and, and some of these people are investing, are, are fundraising, and they're getting millions, and they're going to invest those millions. And like sometimes, like why would you invest that? How, how do you know? And so, a UX researcher, a user researcher, um, a designer that is thinking about uh, solving a problem—that's what design is: solving yep. problems, not painting pictures, right? They, they need to come up with a plan on why they would invest this you know, this way or that way or this much or this little based on intelligence. And that's where user research comes in. Market research is also important, of course, but the user research adds that dimension of who it is that we're working for, you know, what do they what do they need, what do they want, and then how do they behave? I think today, because it's so hard back to that point, to develop a, a great digital experience. Um, because the, the market is so fragmented, it's so easy to go with the competition. It's so easy to, to cancel the subscription, et cetera, et cetera. There's never been a time, a more important time to provide a phenomenal, great first digital experience and a continuous customer experience. Um, and, and for that, there's not really anything you can do other than, than really act on data and act on, on feedback. That, that, that's well, how I see it. You are absolutely preaching to the choir. <laughs> here Alfonso right so you've got a couple of projects uh, yourself a, huh? yeah <laughs> of course a believer but but uh, uh, I do speak with a lot of design leaders I speak with a lot of uh, research leaders product leaders across the industry uh, we know for sure there are different organizations that are at different levels of maturity uh, the design maturity research maturity customer centricity maturity and i often say this that i have never met an executive that uh, does not want to be customer centric every executive every company every everyone wants to be at the service for their customer yet i find many designers many researchers struggling 
to speak the business language, struggling to influence their product organizations, struggling to uh, to prove the value of research. And I, I see you you nodding because we, we all have seen this. That's the reality. Yeah. There's no point in yeah. denying it. So uh, a somewhat related question, um, two parts. First is, would you recommend designers and researchers to speak the business language? And if so, what would you recommend? How do they do that? Many designers and researchers come from educational background where they might not be exposed to all the business jargon and the and the KPIs and other things. But but what, what would you recommend? Or should mm-hmm. designers and researchers speak the speak the business language? And if so, how? So absolutely. Uh, the way I would answer this, if I can take a little bit of a bro- of a of a um, broader view. Earlier, when I said that it's hard to develop, uh, to offer great digital experiences, one of the things I said is that it's a very collaborative process, right? And what do I mean by that? Uh, Collaboration and negotiation happens every single day, everywhere. Um, and, And so when you collaborate, you have to put yourself, and when you negotiate both, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the other person. Mm-hmm. A successful negotiator or collaborator is one that has the empathy to understand the other person's uh, point of view mm-hmm. uh, and the other person's, uh, person's priorities and certainly language. Mm-hmm. What do business people, the ones that are going to actually write the check or, or, or you know, get the, get the initiative going, what do they speak? Do they speak um, time on task? Uh, do they speak... Um, you know, uh, heat maps, um, you know, do they speak, um, you know, um, representative sample? No, they, they speak sales, revenue, gross margin. They speak retention rates. They speak customer loyalty, MPS, like they understand MPS. Ooh, MPS. Yeah. yeah. As if that was so complicated, right? Um and so, yeah, there, there are certain there are certain business metrics and and um, and uh, you know KPIs, um, key performance indicators that if you could if you could link what you do to those, you're going to get the attention of the yeah. of the board, or, or, or you're going to have some sort of a interest and, and seat in the board, especially if you're a, um, a, a you know a leader. In design or research, um, what you want to what you want to talk to the business people about is that you're going to reduce the cost of acquiring a customer, a CAC ratio. Uh, if you uh, instead of spending all this money in marketing to make noise and attract people, but you know uh, you'd rather actually be more efficient and and make sure that whenever they come to your site, they understand what it is that you're doing, or you make it really easy for them to actually convert or whatever. Right? I'm I'm, I'm using a very Basic yeah, example, of yeah, course, generic right? examples, yeah, very generic. But the mm-hmm. fact is, this convenience of design of great design, the convenience, the, the making it easy for people. How much do we interact? I mean, there, there's so many little details. Right now, we're using this this Riverside uh, app, and it was just allowing us earlier to test, you know, the volume and stuff in a very easy way. Yeah. You know, what if you had to actually go out and you know, stop the recording and go and not being able to actually 
you know, uh, tested easily, it would take us another hour. And that, that, that's, that costs the company, right? So that's just another example. And I can, you and I could talk about millions of these, right? Yeah. So then back to the main point, you know, if I would definitely advise, uh, not just the leaders, but the practitioners to, uh, be better collaborators, better team, uh, better teammates, I guess, you know, um, and negotiators by, uh, by approaching, uh, the business problem and 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 how um, you can help um, with your UX insights and your UX design and all the things that you would do the wonderful things that we do, you know how we can actually impact those those business KPIs because there's a direct correlation. Now it's very hard to link it and have some sort of mathematical formula, but we're all we're all out there working really hard. Right. And product managers, by the way, I would also say product managers and business people need to know the language of design as well. Mm -hmm. They need to know, you know, and so what, 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 who, who, who can, who better than the UXers themselves and to speak. And one of the things that I, by the way, if I can say this now, um, <laughs> after so many years and, and the exit last year, I'm no longer in the company anymore, but like a lot of, a lot of UXers, you know, um, they fail and they they complain all the time and cry about how you know business people and the boss bosses and the, and the managers don't get it and oh my god and, and get to work and demonstrate the value yourself you know prove that um, you know be a good salesperson of what of your work and 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 your contribution um, I, I find that those guys are the ones that are actually you know more mature and more successful at their jobs and, and end up getting that buy-in, uh, you know, mm -hmm. because at the end it's a matter of culture. Uh, I also write this in the book that it's a matter of culture. It's a matter, it's a matter of, of, of you know, is the, it, uh, again, to your point, no C-level executive doesn't really care about the end user and customer experience has been a top of mind or top priority for many years. The, the, the point is how, right? And how to do it and, and all that. And I think at the end it's a matter of culture. Yeah. yeah. So, so somewhat related topic. It's a it's a two part question, um, and there's no one right answer. Like most things in in user research, um, again, speaking with a lot of practitioners in the last few years, uh, speaking with a lot of designers, researchers, research managers, leaders, the the general theme across the industry is that they they want to demonstrate the value of research. Don't always know exactly how. Or how best to influence the wider organization. Many in the community are absolute believers of user centricity. They, they themselves truly believe that that conducting that, getting that feedback from users, upfront discovery, everything is going to provide tremendous value. They're not always successful in communicating that value that they yeah. truly believe to the product leaders to the business leaders to the marketing leaders you have been on both sides you were a practitioner yeah. <laughs> and you were a business owner yeah as a business owner as a ceo you were accountable for many of these numbers with the financiers with the board as as it should be at most companies what do you wish the user researchers did more of what did you wish that they influenced more of, and if so, how? I'm not. I'm not going to say that's easy at all. It's it's actually mm -hmm. really really hard. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just user experience. If you if you think about marketers, mm -hmm. 
they also struggle quite a bit, especially in the down economy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, you know, I, I, marketing is the first thing that gets cut and stuff. So I'm not going to say it's easy. And I'm not going to pretend that. Um, it's it's a process. It's it's a it's a marathon versus a sprint. Um, however, um, what I would say is that I, I really believe that I'm going to go back to the original uh, thought or, or or recommendation. If you if you can go to school and and get some fundamentals on on business and and what business people care about. Um, I, I do believe that that's a great way to to start, and you know, I, read my book. <laughs> I I wrote about all of this in a 150, 160 pages. Not that big. You don't have to do a master's, but yeah, um, there are there are great courses out there. I I actually collaborate with a great company called Product School, and they're doing a lot of training on product and and. And there's a lot of business training on product management, and um, so, so I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know it's a, it's a challenge. I know it's going to be hard, but all I can say is, uh, you know, there, there is a way. Uh, there is definitely a way to to do it, and you know, probably it, it is about understanding business. Cool, fabulous. Uh, very interesting insights. Alfonso, I mean, uh, I know you and I have talked about these topics for years, but there's always something new that you and I learn. So, so uh, uh, always interesting to chat with you. Uh, now, let's get into the segment that I call fireside chat in a fiery response. One word answer or one liner answer, short sound bites um, for for YouTube uh, shorts type videos. And so um, this segment will will could be a yes no answer could be a a, a short answer. Right? Uh, I know you are a basketball player. How is your <laughs> how is your game these days? I played yesterday and I lost. <laughs> uh, but uh, but here's the deal. Uh, my top three three priorities: yeah. don't get hurt, okay. have fun, and win. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't get hurt. I had fun, <laughs> even though we lost. And so, so two, I, two, two out, out of three, three KPIs, two out of three KPIs met. So, so that's exactly. a good day. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's 66% or something like that. Right. Um, back yeah. in the day, it used yeah. to be the opposite, right? You had to win at all costs. Yeah. Uh, you having fun was the last priority and, and, yeah. and obviously you, you, you don't want to get hurt. But anyway, uh, I guess. That's a long answer. So yes, yeah, no, uh, no, that's... Um, love basketball. Uh, um, uh, there are lots of uh, aspiring leaders. So uh, designers that are first-time managers, researchers that are first-time managers. Um, so I guess go back to fifteen years, twenty years ago. Uh, what was what, what was what one thing would do you wish you knew fifteen years ago that you know now? Sorry, let's let's frame the question yeah. a little bit yeah. more in detail. So, so, what is the one thing that you know now? You wish you knew fifteen years ago. I I think uh, it, I did not. Um, I think I didn't know how how difficult. You know, I I have to think about that one. Um, <laughs> I, I thought maybe maybe I thought that maybe I, maybe I thought that 
I'm trying to think, you know, I, I thought that building digital experiences was hard. I, I knew that. Um, I just didn't know that it, that it would get so complicated. And <laughs> that, that it would be this hard. <laughs> it would be this hard yeah. and so competitive. Yeah. Um, and, and therefore, the, the need for, for more collaboration and the need for more culture of a culture, right? It's like, mm. I think ultimately, it's the culture that we're trying to change and how people develop software. Yeah. Yeah, you so if I, I if I can I, paraphrase, I, I wish, yeah, yeah, I wish I knew if that. If I can paraphrase that, then then uh, it might seem obvious on what to do, but when you have to take a village, it takes a village to develop software. Yes. It takes a village to to build anything, and you have to get people along that that journey. Uh, and that is a fabulous tip for all designers, researchers, listeners. That that it's not us versus them. It it all almost always takes a village. And and absolutely, yeah. That's uh, what I wish I had known, yeah. because then we would have probably invested more in, in again helping, helping you know, in the negotiation and the collaboration and the 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 teams, the teamwork, all that stuff. Um, I think maybe we've we've acted. You know, kind of on our own for 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 a long time, right? I wish I knew that. Huh. I, I wish I'd known that. Fabulous. Let's land this plane. So, my final question: um, top two or three do's or don'ts um, for designers, researchers. Um, what, what would you What would you want them to do? What would you want them to not do? I, well, we already spoke about being a little. Let's think about this. Being a designer is a problem solver. It's not about painting. It's not about figuring out flows, whether you're an interaction designer or a visual designer or whatever. It's about problem solving. So understand the problem. Be curious. Who are you solving a problem for? Fall in love with the problem. Understand the problem really, really well before you venture yourself into, how to, into a, a solution. So like, be very curious. Be empathetic. Uh, you know. Um, Understand the problem. I, I, I think that's that's one, no question. The other one is, hey, if you're going to understand the problem, be a little more strategic in your work and uh, think about why the company is trying to do what they're trying to do. And so try to get that sort of business perspective as well. Um, you know, again, not just the language, language or KPIs and things like that we spoke earlier, but just like, why is the company doing this? Mm. I think that's also why it's so great to be a UXer in a startup is because you probably have access to the CEO and what the whole purpose is and what it is that we're trying to solve as a startup. And you get to a large company and it's a very different story. You're just a number. But you still like, why is Kaiser, Kaiser Permanente doing this? Why is Chase, JP Morgan Chase doing this? I think, you know, learn learn the language. And then the third, I would say, in terms of do's, is be very much a collaborator. Be a team player. Uh, be be empathetic with your teams and your other. Uh, um, the others are not enemies. You know, developers or you know, product people. I don't know, uh, marketers. You know, um, in, in a digital product, it, it, the product never is never ready. Like a like a chair, right? That was designed, and delivered, and marketed, and the designer never saw it again. It's a digital cycle, right? So it's always changing. So. You gotta, you gotta have good communication between UX and CX and marketing, and et cetera. Just be, be much more of a team player. 
and the don't, it would be, you know, to be uh, egocentric and say, this is my way, this is this, you know, um, it takes a village to your point earlier. So don't uh, impose, don't, don't, um, you know, um, don't, don't be open-minded, don't close your mind, you know, to, 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 you know, and, and let data, let data kind of guide you along. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Alfonso. That was an amazing <laughs> session, therapeutic session, even for me. Um, I hope the listeners enjoy it. I know they will. And I'll, I'll see you all later. Thank Bye. you so much for having me. My pleasure, Khalid. Thank you. That's a wrap for UX Ignite. Keep the UX fire burning. Subscribe, share, and stay inspired. Until next time, ignite your research journey.